terms. I'm Patty Talbot, and this is the place where we learn together what it takes to change the world on our own terms and in our own special ways. Today, I'm excited to have with me a friend that I have met through the Win-Win Women Network. Her name is Emmalou Penrod. I have been inspired again and again ever since I met Emmalou with the wisdom that she shares about children and families how to make them strong, how to hold on to love, how to encourage one another, and when problems seem to start brewing, how to handle those things and redirect our children with love and encouragement so that they can develop into the best human beings and hopefully the best change makers that they will be too. Today, I ask Emmalou to be with us to share her homegrown solutions for the patchwork world we share. This is Emmalou Penrod. Welcome, Emmalou. I was very fortunate because I was raised by two intelligent, educated, compassionate, caring parents. They were both very much involved in my life, and I always felt their love, and that was a great benefit for me. My father was a veterinarian. My mother was college-educated and very accomplished, but she actually devoted her life to caring for the home, and she did work for a while. She loved numbers. <laughs> she, Believe it or not, she loved doing income tax returns, but she arranged it. She would do that while we were at school. So I never even realized she was working unless she would at the dinner table bring up some interesting case. I love that about my parents. My father worked for the Department of Agriculture, so we moved around. They were born and raised in Arizona, but in my childhood, I've lived in Colorado, Utah, Virginia, Maryland, and we spent one year on, in California when my father was doing sabbatical, the University of California at Davis. And I loved seeing the world. I loved seeing different parts of the country, especially loved living in Maryland. The Smithsonian Institute was just an hour's drive away. It was, it was a fun childhood. I really oh, enjoyed yes. it. What influenced me the most about this upbringing is the example of my parents. I remember when I was 11 years old, I was studying their relationship. I was really paying attention to how they talked to each other, how they treated each other, how they talked about each other when the other person wasn't there. And I was so impressed with it. They were always respectful to each other, even when they disagreed. It was done with courtesy and respect. They'd take a turn explaining how they felt. And then they'd find something that worked for both of them. My father told me repeatedly, I could not ask for a better example of womanhood for you than your mother. 
So I loved the way he treated her. And I remember deciding that I wanted a marriage like that, that powerful example. And of course, it wasn't perfect. There were times that things didn't go well and they did lose their temper. But by and large, they really showed this love. And that was powerful for me. I never heard either one of them denigrate the other. The solutions I want to offer are ways we can strengthen families. Perhaps because I, I loved my family of origin and I saw how it shaped me. So I wanted to help other families. I really think that education begins in the home. This is where we, you think of our conscious and our subconscious minds. Parents are programming their child's subconscious. Your subconscious is like a huge database. You put information in and then that information runs your mental programs, how you feel about yourself, how you see the world, whether or not you trust others. My observation is young parents have more challenges now than any previous generation. There are so many forces that are pulling at the family. Parents get so much criticism and they don't get that recognition. I think it's unfair that we expect women to be stellar, excelling in their career, and then be home with their kids, everything for them, and baking homemade bread. And I, I don't think we're being realistic. I like to modify that saying, it takes a village to raise a child, to it takes a village to support the parents so the parents can raise their child. Now, I was a school teacher. I was 24 years in teaching school and 23 of those 24, I was a special ed teacher. So I worked closely with parents. And one of the requirements if your child is in special ed is the at least annual IEP meeting. I learned from that experience that no one understands the child better than the parent. And as teachers, we can feel pretty good about ourselves and feel like the parents just need to listen to us. And, but I learned I need to listen to the parents. The parents can help me understand how to motivate their child, what their strengths are. So I really encourage parents to take an active role in their child's education be involved, have a good, close relationship with your child's teachers, and volunteer. I haven't met a classroom teacher yet who wouldn't appreciate a parent volunteer, even if it's as simple as cutting out the huge ream of laminated materials for the class. I volunteered in the classroom just having children read to me. So I encourage parents to be actively involved in their child's education. And we have, of course, our public school system. There's a local school in your neighborhood. But you know your child. If that's not a good fit for your child, 
look at your other options. There are more charter schools. There are some private schools. There are co-ops. I've seen groups of parents that decide, okay, I'll teach them science, you teach them music, you teach them math, and some parents elect to homeschool. And I think that's entirely the parent's decision. I would encourage them to decide what is best for their child and for their family structure. Obviously, if they're working outside of the home, that's going to be a challenge. And I've also done some studies on what is best for children. And I remember in times past, if there were any problem, mom and dad lost their cool and smacked the kid, the child was pulled from the home. They've studied that and they found that more effective than removing the child is get the parents the support and resources they need and help them and leave the child in their family of origin other than in extreme cases of abuse and neglect, children are better off staying in their family of origin and the parents just being supported in caring for them. I like to remind parents that they're doing a good job. I really think most parents care deeply about their children and are doing the best they can. And I feel badly that they're met with disapproving stares when they take their children out in public. Children are not many adults. They'll run around. If they're tired, they'll cry. And sometimes people don't understand that. And I want parents to feel good about the efforts they're making. And then of course, seek for ways they can improve there's always room for improvement. That's the biggest room in the house. Like the airlines admonish, you need to put your own oxygen mask on first. You can't pour from an empty bucket. It is not selfish to take time every day to nourish yourself. If, even if it's just five minute meditation, just take that time to nourish your soul and improve your self-esteem. You can't teach your children to believe in themselves if you don't believe in yourself. And you can't teach your children how to manage their emotions if you haven't learned how to manage yours. I offer an online class called Use Your Emotions Rather Than Let Your Emotions Use You. And this is based on the book Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Another book that was written sometime later is on how to be an emotion coach for your child. And I think this is an essential skill for parents to learn. Learning to recognize emotions aren't bad. They're just energy in motion. And they can help you reach your goal. Just we can convert wind energy to electricity we can convert the energy of our emotions to propel us to take action. Take anger. A lot of people feel like, oh, we don't want to ever have anger. Anger freed the slaves. Anger got women the vote. It's anger that motivates you to take action and right or wrong. So we don't need to be afraid of our emotions. We just need to learn from them and wisely choose the action that will bring us the result we want. Anger can propel us to join a mob, pick up bricks, and start throwing through windows, 
or we can choose to write letters to elected officials to participate in activities that are helping to right this wrong that we see. It's important for parents to start with themselves. And that's where I like to start. Now, my program is like a GPS. If you want to get anywhere, you need two points of reference. You need to know where you are and you need to know where it is you want to go. So I like to start with first, let's find out where you are. That first step is an assessment. Let's take a look at the different areas of family life, rape, where you are and where you'd like to be. And I ask that all family members complete this. You may feel like everyone in your family is heard and can express their opinions, but there may be other family members who don't agree with that and you need to know that. So that's our starting point. And then we set some goals some actionable goals, not just New Year's resolutions, steps, how are we going to get there? That's where my special ed training really comes in. We learned that one. And then we map out the route, help you find the shortest route. And in family life, there are always detours. So let's map out some alternate routes. And that's basically what I do in my coaching program. And since a lot of parents are very much concerned about their child's behavior, oh, how can I just change this behavior that's driving me crazy? So I like to spend time on that. I like to help parents understand that their children aren't verbally skilled enough to come home and say, I had a really rough day at school. I had some kids make fun of me and that really hurt my feelings and the teacher did something that made me feel stupid. They don't say that. They can only communicate with their behavior. So most often when your child is acting out, it's because they're hurting. Either they don't feel good about themselves or they're confused, something happened, they can't process and they can't tell you about it. Now, as they get older and mature, definitely you want to encourage that dialogue, but except they may not be ready to talk to you about it. So going back to parents as the programmer of their child's subconscious, I learned a proven program. This has been around for over 45 years, tried and tested of how parents can take advantage of that brainwave activity level. So when children are in that relaxed state, that dreamlike state, parents can plug in these positive affirmations. They're worth, they're capable, they're loved. And that helps overwrite those negative programs they got going because of things that happened to them at school or something that happened at home. And that alone will improve behavior. And the unfortunate thing is, and I made the same mistake when I was a young mother, your child misbehaves, you're right on, oh, you stop that, that's, um, we're punishing them. And if you think about it, we're punishing them 
for telling us that they need our help. The most powerful gift you can give your children is your unconditional love that no matter what, you will love them. And if you can do that when they're small, and by the way, some parents feel like that's the most annoying time in their child's life when they're a toddler and they're just constantly demanding their attention. But this is the time when you will have the greatest influence on your child. You are the most important person in their world. They love you. They want to be with you. They want to do what you're doing. They want to be like you. This is when you can start that foundation. You earn their trust and you develop that rapport. And it just strengthens as they get older. And as they get older, we have to learn to back off and let them do more on their own. But then when they hit those teen years, think about it. Remember when you were a teenager, you were faced with dilemmas and decisions that could impact the rest of your life. They decide whether or not they want to start smoking or experiment with illegal drugs or whether or not they want to get involved in illegal activities or whether or not they just want to isolate and spend the rest of their life in their room. This is a time in your child's life when you really want them to have a trusted mentor, an adult that they can go to. Otherwise, they just go to their peers and they may not get good information. But wouldn't you want to be that trusted adult? Wouldn't you want to be the one your child goes to when they're saying, I'm trying to decide whether or not to drop out of high school? And of course, this is when all that emotional training comes into play and you don't freak out. No! You're tell me about that. But let's talk about it. it. Help me understand your feelings. This is when yet that unconditional love kicks in. You're going to love that child. Even if they don't go to the Ivy League college you wanted them to go to, you're going to love them anyway, no matter what. Even if they choose to break from some of the things you taught them. You naturally teach their, your values. Some parents feel like, oh, I don't want to impose my values on them. But guess what? You teach them either way. They see how you live. So why not give them all the good information you can? And even if they decide to leave that and choose their own path, you recognize they are becoming an independent adult and you make sure they know you still love them, no matter what. I have learned so much from talking to other people who didn't have the same family experience that I did. And I almost feel like I need to qualify. I'm not trying to sound conceited or brag or anything. I feel grateful. I feel that I was greatly blessed, but I can help parents more when I understand not everyone has that. How do you support someone who's going through a divorce or who's still resolving the divorce of their parents? How do you support children who don't feel good about the home they were raised in? And they need to be validated. I don't think it's ever helpful to tell someone that 
they should be ashamed for feeling that way or that's the wrong way to feel. Sometimes I will ask them, can you feel gratitude that they gave you life? And maybe just leave it at that. It's so easy and comfortable just to stay here around like-minded people who think like we do and never challenge our thinking. Boy, that's fun. But there's no growth in the comfort zone. And there's no comfort in the growth zone. I've had the opportunity to become acquainted with women around the world. And this has been really beneficial. And what I'm discovering is we have more in common than we are different. And when we focus on those commonalities, I'm going to laugh. I have a good friend. We have been in contact for, oh, five, six years or more. We've never met in person. We connected through a self-development program and we became accountability buddies. So we're calling each other at least twice a week. Okay, this is how I'm making progress. And we support and encourage each other. We have very different political views. but it's okay. You don't have to agree with someone to like them. And this has been a real edifying experience for me. And if you only listen to people who think the way you do, you're not going to learn. You need to get another perspective. And maybe it just gives you a better understanding. I don't know that she and I will ever convince each other but we're still friends. We still enjoy our phone calls. And I have learned from her. And I hope she has learned from me. And I will admit, there are times when I can feel that resistance. And it's because it's stretching us out of that comfort zone. But I remember someone saying, you should do something, at least one thing every day that scares you. You really need to get out of that comfort zone. Just think about this. What would happen if every child had the opportunity to be part of a family that nurtured them, that loved them, that taught them values, that prepared them to become a self-reliant adult who, can, who gives back to society? Picture this, just dropping that pebble in the water and just watching it move out. And can you see how neighborhoods would change? Nations would change. How we interacted with other nations if we were all taught that we are all children of God. We are all equal in his eyes. And if we fully internalized that. And we knew every person we look at is just as valuable to God. They have something I can learn from. I can learn from them. I can help them. They can help me. And if that just rippled out, I really think we'd see a reduction in crime, 
there would be a higher level of integrity. I think, I think we could even get rid of corruption in government. I think we could have peace. If every individual had peace in their heart, we would have peace in the world. And I don't see it as impossible. It just starts with one family and families are the foundation of society. Now, when I was a school teacher, I remember hearing that come up in the faculty rooms. The families failed, schools have got to step in and take over. I totally disagree. We need to strengthen families, give them the tools and the support that they need so that every child can be raised in this nurturing environment where parents take full responsibility for the emotional, physical, material, mental well-being of their children. And that's my goal. I, my goal, my slogan is, let's make the world a better place by strengthening families. That's my vision. I have a weekly show on Win Win Women along with Patty. I love that platform. We have such amazing show hosts, accomplished, knowledgeable, intelligent women. It's really humbling to be one of them. But my show is on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time, and it's called Healing Your Families. And I love having guests to help to provide useful information to parents. So I'm also on YouTube. My channel is just my name, Emily Penrod. In addition to past episodes on my show, I also posted some one-minute parenting tips. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. I welcome parents to join my Facebook group, Healing Families. I'm, I'd love to have that be a safe place that parents can ask questions, get answers, and get more information to support them in their role. And go to emmalupenrod.com forward slash first step. If they do that, they'll get my free offering of questions to help them take that first step of determining where are we as a family. Then if they want more information on the services I offer, they can go to healingyourfamilies.com. Thank you, Emma Lou. I knew that everyone here would be learning some very important lessons from you about children, about families, and about how to make the world a better place together. I hope you'll look up Emma Lou and follow her work to help heal your families by giving children just what they need at just the right time. I also hope you will follow my work at Blue Roads Education, where we are working to celebrate, support, and cultivate changemakers like you and like Emily Penrod. Join me next week as I welcome another powerful woman who is changing the world on her own terms. In the meantime, may you be grounded in your beingness, guided in your doingness, generous in your connectedness, and inspired in your reflectiveness so you can consciously change the world on your own terms. I'm Patty Talbot.
I'm always learning, and I know you are too. Thank you.